Shane Willis, it's the second half of the season, and everybody always has questions. Is What does my team need to do to get better? I don't have those questions for the Canes. Do you? I definitely do not because they are good. In this time of year, of course, and I think we've found out at any point this year for the Carolina Hurricanes, it's a good time to have a storm brew. The fine sponsor of this podcast, Storm Brew from R&D Brewing, just 97 calories, 2.4 carbs. Met the man who owned R&D last night. Yes, yes, product could be coming our way. Oh, any new product coming out? Uh, They got some things in the works, sir, as as the temperatures change a little bit. uh, All of the great products at R&D Brewing, but of course, most notably Storm Brew, which you can get here at PNC Arena for just $5 in a 16-ounce can. Cannot beat that. Enjoy your viewing pleasure even more. And if you have not had Stormbrew Crisp Light Refreshing Lager, uh, it's perfect to go along with any kind of game that you're watching and, as always, drink responsible. But this is where, Shane, you and I need to be responsible because this time of year, everybody looks at their club and then something happens and everybody says, why aren't we doing that? Yeah, well, let's go. Like a trade. Uh, that's what seems to be number one on, on everybody's mind at this point in the season. What can you do to get better, to improve your team? Because if you're the Canes, I don't think that I'm breaking any news here. This is a playoff team. They're going to the playoffs. But the question then becomes, well, what do you do to win in the playoffs? And then even deeper into that question, what do you do to win a Stanley Cup? Rod Brindamore talked about this yesterday when he was asked about you know, deals being made and, you know, would you rather have a deal made now or later? So let me break this down for you in a few ways. Let's get to that question. If you're playing for the Carolina Hurricanes right now, Shane, and you know you're going to be on the team, do you want the team to make a move now to bring in a player or whenever you want to send us a reinforcement, we're cool with it as the guys in that locker room? Well, I think as a player, if I'm on the team, I obviously have full belief in the guys inside that locker room. So, do we make a move? I don't really care because I think our team is very strong and we have that capability. And I think that is part of what every player in the room believes. Now, as you get closer to the trade deadline, all these things are always talking of what you need. You've seen other teams making moves. You don't know if the injury bug will pop up and you may need something. But I think the Hurricanes right now, as a coach and as players, you go through your daily routine as it is because you have that confidence in this group. Now, could you make a move and add somebody? Sure. As a player, I think it does help if you can do it a little earlier. But again, it's all about the price and what you have to pay as an organization because right now, prices will be high. As you get close to the 12th hour, teams may bend a little bit because they do want to unload salary or you know pick up picks and prospects and maybe they'll move on how high they want in the draft. The trade you mentioned the Calgary Flames make with the Montreal Canadiens uh, for Tyler Toffoli, you know, a great scoring forward up front that has term left, which I think is very important in today's game, going to Calgary. And, you know, Montreal getting a first-round pick back, uh, another round pick next year, they believe a fifth-round pick, and two prospects. Uh, One guy that can play in the National Hockey League right now and another young player that's expected to be very, very good. So a high price to pay. For Tyler Toffoli, but I think it's a, a need and definitely added depth for the Calgary Flames in scoring up front. And, you know, Montreal is ready to sell. Montreal yeah. has said, call us. We'll make any move. Everyone's open. So 
That is an entire team besides Suzuki that I think they would trade. So I think you'll see more out of Montreal. And, you know, we had Don Waddell on the show last week before the Canes went on the road. And, and he talked about it. it's a daily conversation around the league now of what do we do? Who do we want? When can you make the deal? And really, you make the deal when it's right. If you get to a price that's right for your organization, you make it. It doesn't matter if it's the 12th hour or if it's tomorrow. Yeah. If a team comes back and says, yeah, we're willing to do that for that guy, and you are good with it, you make it whenever you can. See, the weird thing to me when you talk about setting the price or where the prices are at, I always think, let me get, it, let me set the market and not let somebody else, because I don't want other GMs going, well, he's offered me this and he's offered me that. And, you know, the more... The more guys who are trying to buy what you're trying to buy, the price goes up. You know, that's simple supply and demand, supply-side economics for everyone out well, there. Well, and you talk about supply. One of the first asks when you're looking to get a player will be a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. Which the Carolina Hurricanes do not have in 2022. Right. And one other thing looking at the Canes lineup, if they are going to add a player, you're going to have to look at the salary cap now, too. Like, that's the one thing that when everybody talks about trades – you have to understand the salary cap is part of this. And for Carolina to make a deal to to bring in a player like Tyler Toffoli, there has to be a money-in, money-out situation right now for Carolina. Yeah, that's that's the big part. I've never been very good at math, but uh, I, I was, try and add things up on cap-friendly most days. And you know, then you work in long-term IR yeah. and you know all these things and the taxi squad, how does that factor in, and all these things that are on your roster. But... That is the hardest part. Yeah. Right? You look at teams around the league right now. They, there's plenty of teams that love to make a move. Yeah. But they can't because of that exact reason. They don't have any money. They don't want to give up a very good, say, $4 million player for a okay $5 million player. Right. Um, that's why draft picks are so important. And, you know, the prospects, that's where I think the Hurricanes have leverage is because of their depth. We've yes. seen it. And you know a lot of teams are watching the Chicago Wolves they know what the Canes have, um, and it'll be interesting to see what Don Waddell and his staff come up with as we move through these next few weeks. Yeah, and again, it, if there was a deal that makes sense, I think we all believe the Hurricanes will make that move. But again, there is more than just, oh, they like that player, trade a, a this for it. Uh, one of the things I do not miss about the old the old gig that I had in my life is when you have to entertain deals from people who are like, We'll trade a seventh rounder <laughs> this year and our 48th best prospect. Uh, look, if Genny Malkin's going to be a free agent, just send him there. Yeah, why not? It's easy. Yeah, it's, it's I've made not some great easy. armchair trades, by the way. I still go back to I'm saying, pretty sure I've been fired after the second year of my <laughs> GM prowess, so I'd have no money, no players. Maybe would have won once, though. Uh, that's all. <laughs> that's all you need is the one. Names on the cup forever if you do that in some people's point of view. I think that EA Sports, the NHL hockey games, have ruined what reality is for making trades for everybody because you can just sit there and say, I traded this and I got Connor McDavid for that. Well, I'm surprised you haven't yeah. called me in like in our fantasy hockey and tried to make any trades with me yet. I like my team. And you're you're impossible to deal with. Well, no, that's untrue. You are impossible untrue. to deal with. Impossible. And I'm right where I want to be. I'm in playoff position. So am I. I work the waiver wire. I've got my scouts looking at things. We know what's going on. My problem is when I look at my lineup and I can't get a guy in, like, but I don't want to drop him. But I still, I'm more apt to drop him, even though he's really good, just because I want a guy in the on the ice that night. Yeah. For one night. Yeah. 
That's that's where I I'm at. I make hasty moves. That's where I'm at right now. By the way, I've claimed many players you've thrown out there on the waiver wire. <laughs> that's how I make trades with you. <laughs> you just wait for me to dump guys. Just looking at Shane's Ross. Oh, he's available now. Let's go put the claim in on him. Uh, but it's a reactionary league, and I just wonder if this was the first domino that really starts to kick everything off, the Toffoli deal, from Montreal to Calgary, where we'll see more, or is it now, okay, First move's been made. Who's going to make the second one? Well, I think now you see, number one, the price is set. But I would say more... Th- the next move, I would say, still happens in the West, right? Because now you're looking at... If you're in Calgary's division, well, they just got better. You know, what do we do? We better, you know... Yeah. Edmonton's probably sitting there going, oh, we're 2-0 and under this new coach, but they just got him another... Maybe we better get a goaltender now, right? That's the piece Edmonton will desperately need if they even think they're going to make the playoffs. But again, go back a step on a team that say you're going to get in. Yeah. Are you going to mortgage the farm to just get in, right, and yeah. lose in the first round? I don't think a goaltender makes the Edmonton Oilers a Stanley Cup contender. So what do you give up for that? You're not going to give up a first rounder and your highest prospect out of your because you need those players down the road. So that is the other part. You're like, it, do we really have a chance to win it? Then we might pay a little more. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about. Well, you also have to look at what's available and, and what's going to be sold. As you mentioned, Montreal put the for sale sign in, in front of the Bell Center. Straight dumpster fire. I don't know if Ottawa is one of those teams that's, that's going to move players because they kind of feel they're getting closer. They might, but I don't know. Teams like, like Ottawa that are young, though, I would look for an older piece. Like the, the Flyers are the team that I'm looking at. Like, what are you doing? You're not well, making the playoffs. What are you doing hanging on to these guys for? Well, to me, that's you just brought up the team I will watch because the most valuable, what I would say, player that's available. Now, he has full control because we talk about full trade yeah. clause is Claude Giroux and what he could do to a true contender in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's the guy to watch. Um, Buffalo has some veteranish. You know, not top end no. tier, but a guy, you know, almost like uh, David Savard did last year for Tampa, a depth defenseman, um, like a Colin Miller if he was healthy, yeah. that could block shots and play heavy and play mean if you need him in a six roll yep. or a seven if someone got hurt. So Buffalo's the other team to watch, but I like, to me, that's the guy in the East. And it's, it's all over the news now. His agent's working on it because he has a full no trade clause. Basically, he's talking to teams. So if there was this a trade, is so weird now that players are talking, yeah, where agents control, are talking. You control who you will be traded to. Uh, um, but that one will be interesting. Also, tonight being Wednesday, as the Canes face off against the Florida Panthers, to me the two best teams in the East. Um, Jack Eichel will make his debut yep. in Vegas for the Golden Knights, and somehow they won't have to move money because Mark Stone. He's got a bad back. He is. I mean, he has played with that. So, again. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. Although, I, I don't think Vegas is good enough to win. I, I'm not, I am a full-out, send-it-right-back Jack Eichel kind of guy. Really? So, it's... If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Sending it back. That does not take the Vegas Golden Knights to my contender category in the West. I would tend to agree. They still need more than just that. And he's got to show he can play after having... A, a neck surgery that has never been done on an NHL player. It's almost been level. how many? Almost two years? 
Year and three quarters? Yeah, about a year. And it's been, uh, been about a full year full since year. he's played. Yeah, I don't see him. I mean, another guy in our fantasy league picked him up. Like, get out of here. Well, That'll never work. Well, enjoy it if it does. That's what I say. But I'm with you. I would yeah. send that back. I do want to add one other team, though, in the East. You're still the king until you're not. Tampa Bay Lightning. You, you know that they'll make whatever move they need to make. And the guy you don't think of, like, Everyone looks at Tampa and why, when you talked about them last year when they win it, like the poise because they know how to win. Kucherov is now back in the lineup, and they totally a game changer. Um, arguably the best goaltender in a league. You could argue with him in the year he's having. He has more losses probably, but in the big moment. Um, and what do they do? I mean, do they pick up a little piece? Yeah, that's what they you know? do. This summer they lost. Everyone's like, oh, they lost their grind, guys. They don't have that level again. Well, hello, Corey Perry and what he's done for that team. I mean, they just make really good moves. And I think what I really like about Tampa, and again, what Don Waddell has has done here, and you look at the moves that Don and his staff have done, they're all quality moves that that have really paid off. There's never been a flyer trade of throwing the Hail Mary. Oh, let's try this. And I think that's what impressed me the most about this organization is how they go through the numbers. They talk about it. They, Justin Williams on staff, who knows so many of these players around the league. Because you go back to that word character and what this locker room is all about and who you're going to bring in there is a huge part. Yeah, and that, when you run down the list of checking the boxes for the Canes, it's funny. You look at Tampa Bay. That, to me, for contenders. You look at Tampa Bay. You look at Florida. Florida, the funny thing for Florida, as great as they have played this season, and they have played great, for whatever reason on the road, not as good. I mean, you look at their road record. I don't know if that's a matchup thing. I don't know why they, they don't seem to play as well uh, away from Florida than when they do at their arena, but they're fine they don't need to go out and add a major, major piece. You know what you're saying? Like, you brought up the Oilers. That's They need a major piece. They need a goaltender. They need a number one. Well, that's hard to find, and it costs a lot. The question, though, is what piece does Tampa Bay add? Does Florida add? Or do the Canes beat everybody to the punch? Because those are the three teams in the in the Eastern Conference. That's yeah. it. I One of these three teams we just said is going to represent the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup. And that I'm... All due respect to the other teams that are going to get in the playoffs, and I know the NHL playoffs are a bigger roll of the dice than any of the the ones that are out there, but I have a hard time believing that it's not going to be one of those three teams that's playing for the Stanley Cup when we get to it, out of the East. No, I mean, the one team that... I shouldn't say they surprised me, but the where they sit and how well they've been doing with what they dealt with early in the season, and I again, it shouldn't shock me that the Penguins are where they are. Sidney Karazi with his 500th goal um, last night, Tuesday at home. Um, for him and really how that team plays. I mean, I am surprised a bit. Yep. But another team that, you know, great management. Yep. In different areas, not a lot of pieces. I wouldn't say a lot of pieces and assets to move. But they're always going to be sniffing around. Sure. What can we? I mean, they go out and get Jeff Carter last year that I would say was probably their best player in the playoffs. So they're always going to be around. They're not going anywhere. The question is, can Tristan Jari, who went to the All-Star game, he's a great goaltender, be that guy to steal them games? And if you you faced 
if it was Penguins Tampa in the second round, can he outduel Tampa Bay's goaltender? That's the biggest question to me. And see, that's where it all comes back to what do you have in, in the nets that you have answers for? And right now, Carolina, Tampa, they have answers. I think Florida thinks they have the answer with Sergei Bobrovsky. He he's paid like he could be the answer. He's won Vesnas, but you know, there's something about Sergei Bobrovsky, I guess you could say, if there are questions about Frederick Anderson come playoff time, which I, I think is absolute rubbish. I just used the word rubbish, by the way. Rubbish. But it's one of those things where then you should have that for Sergei Bobrovsky and you need to have that for Jack Campbell who is backstopping the Toronto Maple Leafs. If the Bruins get in, you're going to have some questions about their goaltenders with Tuka Rask retiring. Yeah. Uh, Swayman's played well the last couple of games. Washington them. has questions in net when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. Not getting them there. And also, by the way, congratulations to Peter Laviolette. 700 wins behind the bench. Got that last night as Washington beat Nashville, who we will see here in PNC Arena coming up on Friday. But it's just, it's the funny part of the, the year for me because everybody's looking, okay, this move's made. Who's next? Who's out there? How do we fit this guy in? What do you give up? Uh, and it's just a matter of which team, like what you said, is willing to pay the price at the right time for it when, when something comes available. And you hit on something else that I think that people take for granted. If you make a move early, and you're looking at how your team's built. Well, what if an injury happens? Well, now what? You know, did you spend everything that you wanted to spend to bring in someone else, and now you've got to address another need? What does that do for you? I, I don't know if there's a correct answer. I do know this. The way that the Hurricanes have been built, the way that this front office is run, they go over every scenario of what they should bring in, who is available, what's the cost, is this effective, what do we do from here? And if we bring this guy in, how does he fit with the room? That is something else that I believe the Hurricanes really do their due diligence on. Uh, I can't tell you how many times this past week I've been asked about Tony D'Angelo and what he's meant for the Canes this year. And then the question, you know, they always, the, the question usually gets led with the, well, we know this, this, and this. And I go back to it. The Hurricanes, if they would have felt uncomfortable with something, I don't know if they bring in a player to their locker room if they're not sure how he fits in, and the fact that the Canes had players who had played with a guy like Tony D'Angelo, the fact that the head coach talked to him, that the owner talked to him, that the president general manager talked to him. Like, I, I believe everybody in, in Raleigh had a chance to talk to Tony <laughs> D'Angelo. I mean, that's or at least involved with the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, I think that's, again, when you talk about this organization, what they do, they don't leave any stone unturned right. to find out. And you talk about these trades, and I still go back to – how important chemistry is and what is that guy like and who knows him yep. before bringing him in. It's so important. You can bring in the best player ever. And if he doesn't gel with the 20 guys you got in that room, it just doesn't work. Yep. I don't care how many goals he scored. You have to have that unity inside that room as a family that everyone trusts. And right now the Canes have that. And that's why everyone will throw these things. Oh, we should get this guy. We should get this guy. Do you need that guy? Yeah. Do you need to sell the farm to get that guy? Does he really make you the Stanley Cup winner? Because the belief in that room right now is they have it. You know, everyone is going to talk about, oh, what about another, you know, defenseman that can get a ton of points? Why do you need that? Why do you want to spend that price on that? Maybe you just need a middle-of-the-road guy that's got grit and guts that'll put his face in front of every shot coming his way to play that grind-style game. 
All right. So I need I need you to, to play this game for me. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I love this game. When I have been <laughs> asked, when I have been asked, what are the Carolina Hurricanes looking for? My two answers have been a middle six forward who can provide some scoring that you could move up, you know, top six guy. Because, you know, now lines and pairings, it's all, I, I, I don't even like getting into it, but we'll go traditional. Like a middle six, a guy who can play on the second, third line, provide more pop offensively who you could play up if you need to help out a power play unit if you need to or a depth defenseman who is exactly what you just said so I know that you'll agree with that but a a more physical a David Savard type guy who we saw Tampa go out in it a guy like that who you can bring in maybe a little bit of playoff experience plays a little bit rougher than what the Canes have right now on the blue line as a depth or five six guy for the team if the price is right that's are you taking that or are you sending them back? I'm taking that. I think I lean heavy on the offensive side. I think of course, that's you do. Such a key part, and why I say that is because I think you now have because I love our core of defense. I love what all six guys, seven guys, you know, really all seven that have played have done. Add that to the fact that Freddie Anderson is playing as he is. To me, the extra goals up front is what weighs more important to me to win you hockey games. Now, I also agree and will take, I love the depth style defenseman. Someone who's going to just do everything on the grindstone, a lot of things you don't notice. But when you're in the corner with guys like Kucherov, Stamkos, Sidney Crosby, they're having a bad night. It's miserable. You're giving them shots. There's no room. Every time they touch the puck, they're into the glass. That's the type of player I like on the back end because I think the offensive side is there and the guys we have can provide that. Yeah, you have to have somebody on the blue line who makes it a miserable night for the other team's forwards. Like, oh, I don't feel like going in the corner against that guy. Just the the, the same way for me, though, I think you got to have forwards who do that too, who because the way the game is played for the defense, that the defense don't want to go into the corner and get a puck if this guy's coming charging after me. Yeah. And if you can find a guy who has that with a little bit of scoring touch, mm-hmm. all the better. But yeah. They, they don't play on your third or fourth line. Yeah. That is a momentum changer. Yeah. They yeah, don't those, grow on trees, though, those guys. No, they don't. So they're they're valuable, especially when they can play. And as you mentioned, if they can put the puck in the net yeah. every now and then, they're even more valuable. So we'll see. I hope we answered everybody's trade question. Yeah. I mean, you go back, go back. I'll go back to when I played because when you think about the, the Stanley Cups and the New, New Jersey Devils were winning, when you think about their defensive end. Okay, you think about Niedermeyer and Scott Stevens. But a guy that you, no one really talks about, but you see him every night on television talking about the game. Kenny Danico. Kenny Danico was miserable to play against because he didn't care. The man had no teeth for a reason, right? I mean, talk about giving it all every night. That's the type of guy I like to see. There's a reason why Ken Danico's number is retired by the New Jersey Devils. Correct. But do you ever hear anyone talk about it? No, no, because the reason why he didn't have the flashy numbers of a Niedermeyer and while he had big hits, you know, he didn't have, and I, I hate going there with you on this one, Shane, because it bothers Ooh. me. This, oh. yeah, this got Stevens thing. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it, it's, but Ken Danico was the guy where if you went into the corner with Ken Danico, one guy was skating out and odds are well, you might skate out, but you got a pain somewhere in your body. Yeah. <laughs> 
was going to say. <laughs> it may not, not always been legal either, but you had something going on. You're not skating out the same. You, no. You're not the same you're as when you went in. Skating out with a limp. You uh, come walking in, you go limping out. But uh, the, the game, while it has changed along those lines of, of those kind of players, and um, I, I will always remember Glenn Wesley when he was still playing for the Canes. He was watching a playoff series. He was playing for Hartford. And they showed him in front of the net, and he goes, can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. Really can't do that anymore. <laughs> and well, and that was... Across the board now, even in youth hockey. I was going to say, that was how long ago from when when Glenn last played. And it's you look at how the game is, you need to have just a little bit more. I like what you used, grit, guts in the playoffs. That one guy, and we'll see what's out there. Well, remember the, I'm going to go back to last year because we faced these guys, and Tampa eventually knocked the Canes out. Eric Chernak on the back end played a much more physical style than I ever thought you'd see out of him. And it plays a big role, yeah. especially on your top-end guys. Well, and again, it's the name of a defenseman who nobody knows. Like everybody knows Victor Hedman. They know Ryan McDonough, what he's going to do. And then they know what Mikhail Sergachev is going to do. It's What do the other guys do in the playoffs? What does a Chernak do in, in the postseason? Why, if you were Tampa, do you go out and get Savard? For Carolina, heading into the playoffs, everybody knows what Jacob Slavin's going to do. I think everybody knows what Brett Pesci and Brady Shea are going to do. Everybody knows what Ian Cole is going to do. He's going to block shots. People know what Tony D'Angelo is going to do. He's going to put up points and quarterback the power play. But the thing that I like about what, what he does bring, he plays with snarl. You know, he'll oh. he'll hit people. The question is, and we actually might get to this question coming well, he, up on. He doesn't only hit people. When someone touches your best player, also in, as we saw last week in Boston, yeah. Tony D'Angelo answers the bell. By the way, first fight I've seen in hockey that I can remember where somebody knew to work the body. <laughs> the body shots were nice. I mean, that's, you know, there's not a ton of padding there. I saw one time when I was playing, and I actually asked the guy, I was like, what were you doing? <laughs> He's like, there's no pads there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Also, I don't fight. Hit him in the ribs. If he can't breathe, he can't play. Come on. You've watched Rocky at some point in time. I know. I used to play Mike Tyson's knockout, and he would just yell, body blow, body blow. <laughs> <laughs> Uppercut. <laughs> so uh, it, it leads to a question. Normally, we'll get to this uh, later on. But uh, Jack from D.C., Canes fan, asks, Bear or Smith, it seems that Brendan Moore believes that this is an open question for the playoffs. What is your thoughts? Great question. I appreciate you being from D.C. and being a Canes fan as well. Um, I think to me, when Rod looks at it, and again, when you play different teams in the playoffs, I look at those two players as situational, right? You go in against a, you know, maybe a more skilled team that you need a guy like Ethan Bear, or do you need to play, you know, say you're playing the Rangers and you want a gritty, hard you put Brennan Smith in, yeah. you know, because he plays a little grittier than Ethan Bear. Um, but I also believe that the coach, as these two play kind of back and forth in and out of the lineup, yep. which guy's playing the best at the time? I, I think that's really, that to me is the key. You're which not getting interchanged from game, but those are the guys, if you do have a bad night and say you take a loss in the playoffs, you can interchange. I, I go back to, what, the first game against Boston. Ethan Bear lines up Brad Marchand. You know, early on in that game, yeah. and that, that set the tone. The game played at PNC, yeah, uh, all the way back in October. Uh, I look at Brendan Smith; he he levels a a real clean hit in Toronto, and then he has to answer the bell with Wayne Simmons, and he does. Yeah, you know that's that's to me 
the things that you look at and you say, okay, what do you need? And I think it is a, that's why you have, and I know those guys both want to play every night. They don't want to be in some kind of rotation here, but that's why you have those depth defensemen because you can look at exactly what Shane just said. Now, this matchup tonight, Brendan Smith leans a little bit more to probably what we need. Yep. Now, this matchup tonight, I think I think Ethan Bear's skill set is, is what we need. Well, and I can tell you, especially down the stretch in the playoffs, having both those players, yeah. because of the way they play, having a night off is not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, it'll be all out. The, the other thing, though, is with Bear and Smith, if you play Brendan Smith, you're moving Ian Cole to his offside because that's a lefty and lefty, and that has become such a big deal. Mm-hmm. In in hockey and and it has been for a while, but Ethan Bear gives you three righties and three lefties on the blue line. Where when Brendan Smith comes in for Bear, now you have two lefties on your your five six pairing there. Right. So I mean, just things. So to is consider. the depth defenseman right handed? <laughs> dun dun dun. More questions. Oh man, we'll get to we'll get the uh, the answers somewhere down the line. Uh, speaking of, you want to go with more questions? Yeah, we're there. Sure, Let's just right, keep we're it already going. here. So. Uh, this one comes in from Stuart Miller, fashion question. You are always fashionable, Mr. Willis. Oh. With the Hurricanes getting both a stadium series and a reverse retro jersey next season, how would you want the jerseys to look? Cool. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't even know about the reverse retro. Yeah, I think they're coming back. Hang on, this is where we go to ombudsman. Walter Ruff, everybody gets their reverse retros again next year. All right, he's looking that up. Yeah, so I don't know if that was officially that, yeah. announced. This but, guy's an insider. Look at that. Uh, right, let's Stuart. go to the stadium series. You know what? I, what do they call the ones in the NFL where they all wear the... the like, oh, the color rush? Where it's the same color? kind of like that. I would love to see... I mean, these are just my thoughts. I, The Canes in black, I love their black jerseys. Like, Is there a, a makeup of that, or do they go in a tie with NC State Wolfpack, like a hard red with something tied in, you know, because we're in their stadium, a little yep. tribute to them on the shoulder patch, maybe. Again, I know nothing about these jerseys, by the way. Um, but I'm excited to see them because I think they will be hot sellers. What was our last retro jersey? The, the Whalers. Hartford Whalers. Yeah, one. we did Whalers retro. A report that there will be reverse retro insider information. Uh, if they do go retro, I expect yeah. them to weigh twenty pounds. Because <laughs> <laughs> I picked one of my old jerseys up there, and I said, "Man, how like, did I play in this?" Seriously, no wonder we had to work out so hard. Uh, if you know what, for reverse retro, give me the blue Whalers jersey. I wasn't a fan of the blue. I I was much more of a fan of their. Home whites at the time because whites used to be at home when the whalers were yeah. around uh, in the green, but the blue looked really good on the ice. When did we switch that back? Do you think? White Hopefully soon. I like the white at home. Don't you? Yeah, I like, I like seeing. I like seeing the other team's colors come through. Yeah, I think it's time for a change. We'll send that tweet to the NHL. Well, I'm I'm in on that one. All right, Stuart. Hope that answers it for you. We didn't really give you anything, Stuart. So no, <laughs> nothing really. I mean, no, you said it. I, I agree with you. I, I like Color Rush, uh, where what the Canes played a preseason game against Tampa. No, in Nashville. No, no, it was oh, we Tampa both wore colors. In both Nashville. wore colors. Yeah, Tam- well, no, Tampa wore blue. It was a. This is a couple. This is a couple seasons ago, before everything went sideways. Mm-hmm. Tampa wore blue and the Canes wore red, 
and it looked really cool yeah. on the ice. Didn't Nashville? We wore red; they wore yellow. Yes, yes, I did like that. Yeah, I, I like I like the looks of that. That's fine by me. Make that happen. More interesting question is who we will play. The big question. Who knows? We'll find we get out. asked we about know. that all the time. I just we want, really don't know. We're not lying. I just want I want people to stop saying the New Jersey Devils, please. Who started that? It's been out there and it's been sent to me. Send but, it right back. Yeah, that's you like. Hang on. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Right back. Right back. Yeah, way back. Not the Devils. Give me, give me the Panthers right now. <laughs> the way yeah. they're playing. I said the Panthers. The hard part with the Panthers is, do they get? Shunned because they get the All Star game next year, eh, but one, that's only the, one big event. But that's the All Star game, and it's not. They're not hosting yeah. an outdoor game as well. They'd have to play in it, or give me the Caps. I I know they've been on a million times, but that's fine. It's a draw. There's so many tie-ins that you have between those teams. It's a natural rivalry, so you get to that. Uh, Brooks Hill with a question: If the Canes do make a move at the deadline, what are they most likely to give up? Oh. Great question. That is a very good question. As I mentioned earlier, no first-round pick. Yes. Uh, I believe two seconds at the moment and one-third available. So is it a second? Again, if this is all going to depend on who you're trying to get. And what team are you dealing with? Because I can guarantee you that if you're talking with a Philadelphia or a Montreal, teams that are in a rebuild mode, they're going to want first-round picks. They want high-end talent, young, young talent coming back. If you're going for that, what we talked about a little while ago, that depth-style defenseman in a 5-6 role, you could probably get away with a third and a prospect, maybe just a solid prospect. I think that would be my range. Gonna, they do have a first in 2023, but losing 2022, I highly doubt the Canes are putting that on the table. I think that what you just said, anywhere, depending on what you're getting in, I think second-round picks are on the table for 2022-2023. Uh, and the Canes have such a deep prospect pool that you would probably be moving out a couple of names mm. who, where do they fit in right now Yeah, for the future? Yeah. Always tough to say. Again, I think... <laughs> this is the hard part because I love our fans and I was a part of one. I was traded. I remember how much fan support I was given and upset fans were, but don't ever overlook the fact that even though this team is very good and we talked about salary cap and this team being very good, did a trading partner ask for somebody that's on this active roster? Oh, sure. I think I, people have to be prepared for that. To but to to Brooks's answer, you know, what are the Canes most likely to give up prospects and picks in rounds two through four? Yes. So that is a correct answer. That's that's what they're looking to give up, and the Canes have a ton of prospects to deal with mm-hmm. right now that they could. Uh, there are guys who are playing in Chicago who can play in the NHL right now today. Speaking of prospects, yeah, not to be overlooked, the news of one of the Canes highly touted Russian goaltenders. Well, that's Is that a, question coming up? That question's coming up. I love it. Let's go with it. So uh, this from Archer for Canes. What's the excitement level on Peter Kochikov and how the goalie depth will be managed to allow the team game and let him learn the team game in North America? And lastly, how do you pronounce his name? I've been told Kochikov. 
Kachikov? That's what I've been told. No T. No, there is a Kachikov, right? Yeah, Kachikov. 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 Yes. Okay. Well, there is a T in yeah, it. Yeah, there is a T in it. That's what I mean, but we don't yes. say it. Kachikov. Kachikov. Okay. We'll get it when we get a chance to really talk to yeah. him. We will. I'm, I'm excited. One, because unfortunately some of the rumblings early on, number one, well, let's go back to number one. This kid is very talented. Very, very talented. But some of the tough decisions because of where he was playing in the KHL and when teams are drafting players that are playing there, sometimes it is more difficult to get them to North America, let alone just to their minor league team. So I'm very excited to see him make that decision um, to get to Chicago. But everything I've heard about this young man is that uh, he is a great goaltender. So excited to see him play uh, in his Wolves debut. He hasn't played yet, right? No. As I say that? Soon. I give it an A+. Plus. Well, let me give it an A. Because I can't say plus. Once I see him play, I'll yeah, give it Yeah, you got you to gotta see him play first. I'm going to go A. His stats are off the charts. Yes. <laughs> Just looking at what he did, uh, he is 10-10-2 with a 2.23 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage with two shutouts in 23 KHL games with Novgorod. I think that's right. I don't know. I'm not I am, uh, <laughs> Russian is the one where I go right to the sources and ask how they want their names to be said. Because their team obviously is not that good. If he's 10-10, and 10, then I would say that helped his decision to leave. I would think so. But uh, he is... Again, another great move. Don Waddell and his staff getting that player across to North America. I think that they'll give him... If you bring a guy like this in, you give him every opportunity to play and learn the game here. 100%. So... Yeah. And you got a great team in front of them. That's the other reason why. And you have a great everyone. Don't overlook Alex Lyon, the leadership he can provide this young man, right? Oh yeah, I'm just saying. Huge signing. The Canes goaltender depth in the organization. I know that they had to go and sign Jack Lafontaine from Minnesota because a rash of injuries and protocols and everything hit all at the same time. Yes. But he's going to be. A guy who knocks on the NHL door sooner rather than later. This Kochikov is the same same kind of player. Alex Lyon can play in the NHL. We've seen in the two games that he's played for the Carolina Hurricanes this year. He gives them a chance to win the game, which is all you ask for your goalie. So good question from Archer. Yeah, great question. Glad we got that one in. In. I don't know, Walt. You know, is someone injured right now in Chicago? Yes, Mackinniemi. Yes, E2 Mackinniemi. E2 is injured. And he was... But dazzling for Chicago this year. So they're carrying three goaltenders right now, though? Well, you got an injury. Four they're carrying. Four. But Lyon is technically on our taxi squad. There is no more taxi squad. No more taxi. Protocols are gone. Yes. So. <laughs> not really. Alex. <laughs> no. Trust me. The protocols are not gone. <laughs> Far from it, my friend. So. There you go. I believe we've hit uh, we hit all the questions. All the questions, great that. questions. Got all the topics in there. I mean, let's see if one more snuck in under the gun. Yes, they did, and it's from uh, Ross, who of course one question is five. So here we go. For Shane Willis, like he asked one for you, then he won for me, and then yes. wow, here we go. Is this, uh, our, is this Ross from overseas? No. Okay. No, no. What's uh, Shane Willis? What is the hardest part of a season for players? Um. 
I'm going to go with, I'll say this month right here, February. Kind of the middle. The dog days of summer, if you will. The middle of the season. The start, you come out of the gates, you're all excited. Just that meat of the season is the hard grinding part of the season to me. Because at the end, you know what's coming. You're ramping up. You're playing almost every other day, coming down this stretch. So I would say this stretch right here, kind of the middle, the meat part of the season. This one's for me. What have you seen in other sports that hockey could do better with with respect to entertainment? Nothing, honestly. Like when you say entertainment, that's a rather big word. And do you want in-game entertainment? Yeah, do you want on TV? Live or on TV? I mean, I in- to- <laughs> you can't do this. I know. I would love to be more microphones around the ice for the fans at home. No, you can't do this because then the fans at home would be bothered by the words that are said. I know, but it would also be good entertainment. For us, yes, but for them, no. That was the one thing that I was going to drive at, which is you get to show the players' personality a little bit more. Well, and tonight, obviously, disappointing because, you know, Valley Sports is one of the best at covering along with you and Tripp and Abby and I. Thank you. You know, the game will be on TNT Wednesday as Thank the Canes you. face off against uh, Florida. But they've started miking up guys during the game. Yep. I like, I mean, I like that. But there's there's nothing that the NHL can do uh, from another sport that I've seen that yes. would make watching the NHL more entertaining than what it is. No. There, there's just nothing. Because there's no way to, well, maybe there is a way. Because football has that overhead cam a little bit, like on the, on the wires, yeah, I don't really like that view. No, you can't. You can't do this the spider cam here because you have a scoreboard. Mm. It's would it be too low below it. A puck would hit it at some point. Well, I'm not paying for it. Well, I know you're not. <laughs> I mean, they have the end zone cams and things like that. And it's funny. Anytime you go to a different view for an extended period of time, I don't know about you, but all of a sudden it feels unnatural. Yeah, like you know, they have the camera behind the net up on the glass. And if you're looking at that for more than, you know, 25 seconds, and even that's a very long yeah, time. Like that. So that's kind of the same view. I mean, you can't get closer to the players because the way that the game is played and how it's constantly moving. I, when you say entertainment, you answer with a question. Yeah, what would you like to see? Well, what's what's missing? Like what, yeah. you know, and better without, better without turning it into a, a sideshow. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know that we're coming off of the Super Bowl, and I love the halftime show. Because yeah. that was, you know, kind of in my wheelhouse of yeah, growing up of, of hip hop. I was on my way home with the boys from uh, a weekend of hockey. I was in a Charlotte airport. In that place, everyone was jamming. Yeah. During the halftime show. <laughs> so, but you can't do that. You know, you you're, you can't do that with two intermissions. No. So, I, I get it. I mean, like entertainment, I don't know. Everybody wants to see more behind the scenes. You're time constrained. Remember, you got to roll commercials. Yeah. You got to pay the bills, sponsorships. There's so many different things that are in it that make it, you can't just do anything. This might be a weird stance from somebody who does what I do. But everybody wants to know what goes on behind the scenes, what's being said, what kind of bubble gum is this guy chewing, all that. You know what? Sometimes just leave stuff behind closed doors. You know, that's that's just just my thing on that. Mm. Like, do we do we really need to know everything that's that's said? I mean, like what you said, Shane. If I felt everybody could handle it, mic up everybody and let's go and let. Don't give me any beeps. Let's go. Well, I think that's the part too. Like everyone's like, we want to hear. And the Canes do a great job, social media wise, yes. of showing some of the Rod post game speeches and things like that, or between. I mean, 
But again, teams are going to be guarded because, oh, okay, we're going to, this is entertainment. But now other teams start taking it. Yes. And there's pieces you don't want people to see. Yes. Then it gets used against you. Yeah. So that that's, it's a balancing act. So, you know, what can hockey do? What have I seen in other sports? Nothing. There's nothing I've seen. By the way, everybody copycats everybody. There's nothing I've seen from a baseball game or from a football game or from a basketball game that I've looked at and said, oh, hockey needs to do this. Everybody does a big entrance now. Everybody plays music. Everybody has some kind of entertainment when the, the ball or the puck's not in play. There, there's nothing that I've seen and said, oh, that's, that's whoo, why doesn't hockey do that? Yeah. There's, it's maybe the other way around. What does hockey do that other sports could copy off of? That's a good question, too. So that one's for, for Ross. Yeah. I'll send you with six more questions for that, Ross, and you can ponder. Uh, he has one of these for us, which we do like. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Canes have a 10-game win streak this regular season. Who? <sighs> See, I, we always want to say take it because we want the Canes to do this. Yeah. Not where we are today, which is February 16th. Mm-hmm. Very difficult. Start of the season. Almost happened. I'll say they'll have two fives. How about that? Oh, he splits the difference. I'll take that. There you go. Two fives. Yeah. Too difficult at the end of the year. Send I mean, that question back. Teams are playing one. for everything, and it's on the line. That's that is a tough. I'd love to see it because that would. Be, oh God! Yeah, exactly. Dude, we'll take, take it. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, take it all day, Ross. But like, if you think that we think it's going to happen, I don't think any other team is going to have no. a ten-game winning streak right now. No. We've seen what? We've seen a couple. I know that uh, yeah. what Toronto was on fire. I just, this, I just don't think this time, Minnesota this the same year. way. Yeah, it, it's it, there's too much at stake. And then, you know, the funny thing, when teams get eliminated, like for real, the pressure, you know this, when the pressure comes off, they just play loose. So the teams that are playing that are have something to play for, a lot of times, like, why do you, you know, how could you lose to that team? They they're loose. Yeah. They're just they playing. start finding pieces. I mean, the teams at the bottom, these young kids start coming in yep. and they start finding some new chemistry and they build their culture and you know, it's tough to do this time of year. Last question. What's your favorite five letter word? Don't do this. He wants us to help him with wordle. <laughs> I've not played this game yet, but I've heard of it. Yeah. It's just my favorite five letter word. Don't it's cause you're helping his wordle thing. Well, I don't even know what his word starts with. I'm already but I'm already over wordle. Do you have one? Me? Yeah. A favorite five-letter word? Yeah. I don't think I can say it, much like we were talking about entertainment. <laughs> At least not on this podcast. Another podcast, I'll say it. Yeah. No. Just play Gordle instead. It's it's hockey players, Ross. Yeah. I don't know. No. I don't I don't have I don't have a favorite five-letter word. Do you? I'd have to count them. Pasta? There you go. The that's, old pregame meal. That's a five-letter. It's game day. Not, any, not anymore, partner. <laughs> uh, and then another question that well, Jared Ellis just wants us to get into trouble. We could end it with this one. No, but let's get in trouble. So have more time. The best barbecue in Raleigh. We say this, then everybody just comes at us and tells us we're wrong. But it's, a, it's just a... There's three. This, he doesn't put his answer. No, because they, they want it from us. Or you. I don't really go around and eat barbecue. You wake I'm up, Canadian. You wake up at 4.14 in the morning. 5.14. <sighs> Don't work out. 
No, but if you and I, if I invited you to a barbecue and you yes. came to my house, you would expect like hamburgers and hot. I'm gonna look right? it up real quick because I've been to one that I think is really good. No, no, it's I'm trying to drive at an important point here. Oh, oh, you cook better. No, what I'm saying is if I invited you to a barbecue or you're coming over for a barbecue, you'd expect like, hey, chicken, burgers, hot dogs, steaks, things like that, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a Canadian barbecue. You, you, no, yeah, that's and no, you, that's that's a barbecue everywhere else in the world. And then you put uh, barbecue sauce on my burger. Right, if you want that. That was one of my wife's biggest chicken. question when we first got married. We'd go home, my dad would bring the burgers in, and she's like, why is there barbecue sauce on this? I'm like, it's a barbecue. Have you never had a barbecued burger? Not cheese? My wife. It's delicious. Just plain up cheese. Well, no, barbecue to the missus. Was shredded. Is, is shredded pork, exactly. You know what road I'm trying to drive down on this one? So I can get everybody to stop saying that a sled is a hat down here. A toboggan. That It is a sled. It's not. It's a toque. Thank you. A toque is the hat. Yes, a toque is a hat. A toboggan is something you ride down the hill. If Jared will agree to call a toque, uh, no longer call a hat a toboggan, and maybe he's never done that in his life, I'm just saying, but he's going to have to help us with this. I could get in trouble and tell you to look something up on Urban Dictionary, but I'm not going to Don't! Do <laughs> it's like I'm not giving my favorite five-letter word. <laughs> it's funny, though. So anyway, uh, best barbecue in Raleigh, three-way tie. There's a couple of good places that have jumped on the, the page lately. I'm still trying to find mine. Oh, mine would be. Yes. And again, it was an enjoyable lunch with some colleagues here from uh, work one day. I didn't know about it, but it is the backyard barbecue pit. I really enjoyed it. That's a good they one. had some uh, fried pork chops there. They were off the charts. Great quality and... Not if you get up to work out, you need to go an extra hour because their mac and cheese really sits what we like to call heavy, heavy, instant Uh The pit, old-time barbecue and Clyde Coopers. You can put them on the metal stand any way you want to for me. What do you do? Are we talking? Well, then we like that's bring, Raleigh. Like that's Raleigh. I'm not. I'm not well, venturing. I'm not venturing outside of Raleigh. When he says barbecue, like. I mentioned fried pork chops. Are we talking about like barbecue? No, I think he's asking us the, the restaurant. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, I think he's just asking us the the, the barbecue, pork place. The to go. pork. Yes. Place. Yeah. And Sam Jones's, which is opened up recently, is very high on the list. I Sam mean, Sam knows how to cook a whole hog. I really don't mind just taking a one timer Smithfield down every now and then. <laughs> I mean, if you're in a hurry, you want sneaky good menu item at Smithfield Chicken and Barbecue. Yeah, chicken finger sandwich. The chicken yeah. tender sandwich is. It's you talked about Kenny Danico. It is the Kenny Danico of menu items in the Greater Raleigh. Area. Is that even on the menu? Yeah. Okay. Chicken tender sandwich. That might be a, a secret item. It's not a secret item. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. I had oatmeal for breakfast. I'm dying. I've had water for breakfast. Oof. Well, you know, it's game day. Got to get the suits to fit somehow. Game day, big lunch, a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Not happening. <laughs> Not happening for this guy. All right, let's get back to a few things, though. Uh, a milestone wanted to talk about. This is a more of a, a bigger question for me and you. Sidney Crosby scored his 500th goal. How can a player like Sidney Crosby be disliked the way that he was? That's my question. Walt Ruff is leaving us right now. He's not going to be able to solve anything. Going is there practice. a trade going on, Walt? You can watch practice from up here. We're going down there. All right, fine. Who's out there? Couple, Couple of players. Guys, some Couple shooting guys. going on. Some um, shooting drill. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, Sidney Crosby is going, he, first off, the second he retires, you can put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right? Now, let's, it's, let's go off this. He's he's not Gretzky. I understand that. Because Sidney is 35. Yeah. So when Sidney Crosby, Crosby, I believe he's 35, 34, somewhere there. When he came into the league, remember how much everyone had talked about Sidney Crosby and he's going to be the guy. Fans like to go against that, right? Fans like to hate the young stud kid coming in. Yep. And he produced early on. He scored early on. And I think some people where, again... 34. He'll be 34. 35 in August. Okay. Where some people started to dislike Sid was, I would just go back to the, you know, oh, the refs give him calls. He takes dives. You know, this and that because he was elite. And the Penguins were elite. But overall, and I've... Crazy enough, I met Sidney Crosby when the draft was in Raleigh, the year before his draft. Uh, we had the same representation, had dinner with him downtown as a young, you know, 16, 17-year-old kid. But quality character guy who obviously talented through the roof yep. and is a great leader and works hard. If you really watch Sidney Crosby, he works hard. He's not a perimeter player. Nope. He does all the little things right. And he continues to produce. And I think that's the mindset. When he came in, I think years ago, it was like, let's hate the young stud kid yeah. coming in. Because Connor McDavid didn't get that. Everyone just loves skill now, right? But the game back then was the hard-nosed, knock-and-fight, and Sidney doesn't do any of that, so we don't like him. <laughs> but, I mean, congratulations to Sidney Crosby because 500 um, is a huge milestone. Yep. I was lucky enough to be on the ice when Ron Francis scored his 500th. Um, you know, just those are the moments, and I'm sure after practice, someone's going to ask Rod about it. And as we all get older, those are the moments you remember. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that make the game great. Whatever player you are sitting on that bench, when you're sitting around having an ice-cold storm brew, when everything's all said and done, that's a moment you're going to talk about. And Sidney Crosby is one of the best players to ever play in this league. And we agree with that. We'll toast his career where they find Stormbrew, which sponsors this podcast. Uh, let's bring it back to the Canes and end it with the Carolina Hurricanes here with yep. a couple of questions. People don't like to hear when a team loses that it was a good game and their team played really well. <laughs> but when the Canes went 1-2-1, one, and one, the Toronto game... And then the Minnesota game. The Canes played really well. They just didn't get the result. That's hockey. That's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, hockey, more so than any other sport, is the one where you can actually play well. You could be the better team for the majority of the game, but bad pass, unfortunate bounce, bad 10 minutes, you're going to end up on the wrong side of the scoreboard, yes. or you could. So, fine that, line between winning and losing. But when that happens, and I'm, I'm asking you, the fans don't like to hear it, but as a player, you, you're going to be burned that you, you lost the game. But can you go in and go like, look, we played well. We play that game every other night. We're going to win a hell of a lot more than we lose. Can you do that? Yes. When when you were in the position of the Canes, doing that as a bottom dweller in the league. Like if you're Arizona, you don't want to hear that right now. No. It just gets more and more miserable. 
But I think the Canes, because where they sit, they can, as you mentioned, those two games, take those great parts out of it. And it's easier to bounce back the next day when you jump on the ice again, the way this team focuses. But they will be as ready as ever as they face off. Again, I believe the Panthers and the Canes are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. And we'll see that game here tonight, national broadcast. It will be here at PNC. This is Wednesday. An amazing game, and this team will be ready to go. We can look ahead more than one game. How big is this stretch for the Canes, though? For the four that they were just on to, the four that they're going to play now. You've got Florida tonight, because we did record this podcast today. So, yay, hopefully they win if you're listening to it tomorrow. Then you've got Nashville on Friday. Pittsburgh, tying it back to Sidney Crosby. That's why we talked about Sydney a little bit uh, a few moments ago. Pittsburgh on Sunday. Philly on Monday. How big is this stretch that's coming up before we do another Canes cast? Well, I think it's big when you talk about playing Florida and you're playing one of the best. You want to show, you know, one, this is our building and we are the best. Um, you get Nashville, who is playing well. Again, a goaltender in UC Saros, who is a guy who you can play so very well and you come away and be like, what, what just happened? And it was him. But then at the end of that stretch, you mentioned Pittsburgh. Haven't seen him yet. Nope. First time. And Philadelphia, thanks for canceling a game that shouldn't have been, but we're coming in hot. Yep. And a team that is not a good spot, but they they had Pittsburgh on the ropes last night, which yep. was Tuesday. Um, they still get paid to play last time I checked. Correct. So... To say it's a big, a big stretch and need, I mean, every game is needed. You and I know that. But, but I'm just, I think just it's coming about, after the four that they just played yeah, this I stretch think this now. this home stretch, these two games, allows them to settle in. We know how well they play here in front of their own fans. And then that quick two-gamer inside the Metro. And that's what we're going to start seeing here as we get into March and April, those Metro teams and how big those games are. Because as we go down this stretch, seeding is important, right? Yep. One, two, three, and wild card. They make a huge difference Yep, of who you face in round number one, which I still don't like, by the way, hashtag NHL. Like, go back to one to eight is what it should be. Or just make the division play the division. Right. But I still would rather see one day. I think the teams at the top should be rewarded with one play in eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. Okay. And then a redo in round two. Oh, so you're you're big on the reseeding? I like the reseeding because I, I, I think... I, I do think like you receiving. should, if you dominate and you are the best, why should you face number two the next round? Doesn't make sense. All right. Fair it's enough. It's almost like the Olympics. The U.S., but I'm not going to rub this. Oh, in. go right ahead. Are the Olympics going on? Because when the, the United States on, is no longer playing hockey, it's off for me. Watching. But we'll give a shout out because the U.S. and Canadian women will go at it head to head tonight um, for, the, for gold. the gold medal. Women's championship, great to see. Again, the women's game, if you haven't really sat down and watched, such an awesome game to watch. I mean, these girls are amazing players. Yep. It will be another great game tonight. Uh, the U.S. losing in a shootout in the quarterfinals to Slovakia. Canada will play Sweden in the quarterfinals, I think, tonight or tomorrow. Completely disagree with the Olympics on this one. If you When you get to elimination, keep playing overtime. Even if you want to go four-on-four four or three-on-three, three, whatever. Don't you should not? You're at the highest level. You're at the Olympics. Could you imagine being the Olympics in the gold medal game, Canada USA, and they go to a shootout? Not right. The Czech Republic is pretty cool with it going to a shootout. I send it right back. Sorry about that. 
Yeah. Sorry, not not rubbing salt in on that one, but that's the how US that's what I remember the most out of the Olympics. Had to be the most mad because Oshi was not there. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember because my son was showing me last night because they on Twitter they replayed. Oh, yeah, uh, Oshi scoring four in a row. I believe it was four or five. He I think it was took, four. But he took like seven of them. And my son snapped his head. And he looks. He goes, "How is he going again?" I said, "No rules in Olympics." Yeah, it's, you don't have to. You don't have to have everybody get a chance. And then his next question goes, "He scored four in a row." I said, "Yeah, yep." But he, he's good at that. Elimination games should not be ended that way. That's just my hockey player. You like it? You can take it. If you knowledge. don't, send it right back. I just played that one for you. you like it? Take it. Yeah. Send it back. Sending that back. Take that, IOC. IOC. C. How many C's are in there? Fix that. That's a, they, there's a lot of things they need to fix. This is true. Just saying. Yes. <laughs> Maybe making rulings a little sooner. Yeah. You have some people mad. How about that? Or how about if we catch you using illegal things, you're not allowed to participate. Yeah. As a young For everyone person. It's found. In, it's not your grandfather's. <laughs> you can't get that. <laughs> <laughs> there were some people mad last night. That is a perfect way to end. <laughs> Johnny Weir was upset. As well he should be. <laughs> That'll do it for episode 202 of the Canescast. I think you've led us to a couple of really good things we can talk about next week. Uh, he is Shane Willis. Shane, always great to talk to you. Next week, I'll break down the triple sow cow. Can't wait for that. I'm Mike Maniscalco doing a double axle. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.